This is Melissa Hale Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, and I'm very excited about the guest we have today, Sujata Sharat. And she is sitting across the table from me looking radiant. She is dressed in bright orange with a feather design that has turquoise accents. And any of you that looked at our paper a few weeks ago and saw the pictures Elizabeth Floyd Mayer took of the Diwali celebration will understand that these vivid colors are worn by her students. She is a dancer and a dance teacher. So welcome, Sujata. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you for having me here. Well, I'd just like to start by asking a little about yourself. How did you become someone who cared about dance and learned how to dance? Okay. Um, I started learning dance when I was five years old. Um, My family has been into arts, uh, mainly music, but my mom was interested in us learning music and dance. So that's how I started learning. I learned it in India in a place called Trichy, a very small town in the state of Tamil Nadu. And I was le- I've been learning till I got married. And after the marriage, I didn't think of pursuing this because I had done my Master of Management Studies from a reputed college in India. So I was focused on working as a computer consultant. And later, when I had my daughter, when she was three years old, I realized that, you know, I would love for her to participate and dance. And that's when my friend said, you have learned classical dance, you know, Indian classical dance. Why don't you start teaching here? And that's how the journey started of me teaching dance here. It's been six years now that I'm teaching classical, Indian classical dance called Paratanatyam. Well, I want to hear about this classical dance, but I'd just like to explore a little about what you said. Um, I love the idea that you started doing this because you had a daughter, and you yourself, as a daughter, were taught this by your mother. So is that um, a traditional way to learn dance in India? or is that... Like, my mom did not teach me. Okay. I learned from a teacher in India, but my mom was very interested in us learning. So she was very particular about us getting to learn. Uh, so my family has been into arts, but my mom doesn't know how to dance. So that's another reason why she wanted me to learn. And did you say that she was a musician or interested in music? Yes, interested. Pretty much all our family uh, has, you know, is into Carnatic music, Indian classical music. So tell us a little bit, and I know that dance in India, because I just tried to skim the surface, and it's a deep, deep, deep we'll never get through any of it in half an hour but i know it goes back to ancient times that there are cave paintings in india of of the kind of dance that's still going on today so if you could just try in very layman's terms describe um what what classical dance is like in india okay First thing you need to know about India is that we have many different cultures Mm -hmm. and many different languages. Mm -hmm. Every state speaks a different language and every state has its own dance form. So the classical dance that I learned is uh, predominantly famous in the southern part of India and mostly famous in a state called Tamil Nadu. Uh, the The northern part of India, the other classical dance that they learn is called Khatak. There is uh, another dance called Kuchupudi. There is many uh, classical dances. But Bharatanatyam is one of the oldest dance forms 
that originated and it was said that it was being taught by the gods uh, to everybody you know initially that's how it started and um, bharatanatyam stands for bharata natyam natyam is dance mm-hmm. bharata is bhavam ragam talam bhavam means expressions ragam is melody talam is rhythm so the dance form has expressions which means we tell a story through it we also dance to a particular rhythm and it's usually performed to indian classical music so this tradition that it was taught by the gods does it then have a religious aspect as you're doing it is yeah. it a sort of a form of worship yes um it's the nataraja is considered the lord of dance it is said that he passed on this knowledge to i mean it is of course you know according to the scriptures mm-hmm. it was passed on to sage narada and through him there this was also a worship in the temples the devadasis used to perform it in the temple in praise of the lords so this is does have a religious aspect to it music and dance is considered one of the easiest ways of prayer you know a way of offering our services to god so most of the songs even what elizabeth saw that day mm-hmm. were in praise of a god or a goddess of hindu culture well she had the impression and um that some of the dances the girls were actually acting the part of some of the gods is that right can you just describe to us one example of one of the dances that was done and um see for example there are a lot of stories of how the gods help humans or what they have accomplished so there is a story of a 16 year um, give me a second no yeah take your time <laughs> this might seem a little weird there are stories of uh, how a god saved an elephant would that all be too much if i talked here no i think that's a wonderful story a god saving an elephant because yeah. just before you tell the story tell about the importance of elephants in in the culture okay it's not okay let me think of something that probably makes because in our culture unfortunately elephants are just kind of peripheral circus acts so, okay, you know yeah. as opposed to what i think yes every elephant or a cow is considered a very sacred animal mm-hmm. but let's take some other simple scenario okay like um in our hindu culture you know uh, there is a goddess called devi uh, goddess parvati she's considered the supreme goddess like a mother to everyone and she takes the form of mahishasura mardini which means she kills the demon mahishasura So in the dance form we would enact out the scene of the demon and the goddess actually slaying him and this is celebrated as navaratri uh, she actually fights him for 9 days and she succeeds in killing him on the 10th day I'm very impressed with that story for several reasons. <laughs> First of all, that there's a female god that's so powerful because I grew up, you know, in a culture that had a Jewish tradition or a Christian tradition where there was a male god. So, that's very interesting to me. And I also noticed that and maybe this isn't true, but all the pictures Elizabeth brought to us anyway were all girls that were dancing are there um are there also boys that do this that you yes. teach too yes okay. i mean unfortunately i don't teach any boys here but yeah. there are a lot of male dancers who learn too and um in in our culture women you know the are treated with utmost respect because goddess is considered the form of uh, even our earth 
uh, India, we treat it as a goddess. Mother Earth is a goddess. Our India is a goddess. So everybody we treat with that respect. And we have goddesses for different things. Like we have Saraswati, who is the giver of wisdom and knowledge. We have Lakshmi, who is the bestower of wealth. We consider Parvati as the bestower of courage. So along with male gods, we equally have female gods who we pray to for strength, for wisdom, for courage, wealth, all the prosperity in life. Yeah, that just seems like a wonderful construct that you would have these separate characteristics embodied in separate gods. Um, Another thing that just struck me, again, looking at the pictures and the way you're dressed... Um, it's wonderful. And in our culture, uh, things seem so almost comparatively drab. Can you just tell me a little about the costuming and what goes into that and how your students come upon such beautiful clothing? Okay, costume plays an important part in in our dancing. Makeup, jewelry, and costume plays an important part. Um, The costume automatically adds to the beauty of the dance. And the makeup is very elaborate, as you have noticed. You know, we draw out the eyes. Uh, We have, we really put on two, three layers of makeup because the expressions that you show is very clearly depicted when you have that makeup on. Uh, in other it, words, it's like stage makeup, yes, stage so it makeup. emphasizes your yes. uh, your expressions yes. as you make them. But it made those girls, who I think were quite young, look suddenly so womanly, you know, yeah. and you have that, is it eyeliner yes, that comes out eyeli- to the side? Yes, the and, the, and also, there was one picture of um, a quite young girl, and I think, I don't know what you, henna is it? Yes, she was, it's like a henna, we call okay. it alta. Um, That is worn for all auspicious occasions. So when you dance, you want again your expressions, your hand mudras, we call them gestures, to be shown clearly. So we wear those. um, I mean, that is not like a henna, but it's like a liquid form of a henna um, called alta that we wear just to give the beauty. You know, what we, accordingly, the Indian gods and goddesses, if you notice, all the idols that we worship, they're beautifully decorated. Because yeah. something that is pleasing to your eye, you want to keep looking at it over and over. So automatically when you are dancing, you know, your the audience eyes don't go away from you because you you know, first thing is it looks very beautiful and the expressions and the posture and everything adds to it. And it also just seemed again from the pictures <laughs> that um the, each of these girls came with maybe a mother or maybe an aunt. They were women that were all like clustered around and helping them get ready. And it was just such touching scenes because it seemed um, I had girls that, you know, did tap and jazz and ballet, but they were like separate from the audience and it happened like backstage and then they came on. And this seemed, in the pictures anyway, for the Diwali celebration, like... Um, Everybody was kind of involved. They were like helping them get ready and like part of the whole experience. Can you just talk a little about that? Yes. Um, I mean, you had also asked about the costumes. I get them stitched from India uh, and I have the costumes that I give, you know, we use it for performances just so that there's uniformity. Mm -hmm. And regarding what you said, you know, we all, everybody gets together and helps to get the girls ready. In YMCA, it just so happened that uh, 
we did not have a separate backstage. So we just kind of changed right there and got ready right there. And but everybody pitched in. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> it made it like a community yes. happening. Because sometimes some parents are not comfortable doing some part of the makeup. So we help out. We said, oh, we can do this better. So we'll help you out. So we all work together. Um, you know, to get the girls ready and get them ready for the dance. It, it is a long process, though. It just takes time for the makeup, the costume, the jewelry. So it's fun when we do it together. Yeah, and I bet the girls love it. And they look transformed. Um, yes. That automatically, the costume, jewelry, makeup, automatically brings in the mood for you to get into the role of the dance, you know, and you can automatically, I think it just kind of gets them into the atmosphere uh, for the dance. So how many students do you have and what, what ages are they? Um, the lowest level, was, I, we start around the age of five, five, six, mm-hmm. based on the kids' ability. And right now we also have a lot of adults learning. Oh, nice. Yes, so, I mean, as they say, there's no age for art. A lot of them wanted to learn when they were young, but they never got an opportunity and now they are like, okay, this is my opportunity to do something that I wanted to do. So I have a lot of adults learning too. We just had our um, annual day program. Every year we conduct an annual day. I mean, had I known, I could have invited you there. Uh, we had about 140 students performing uh, for the event. Are they uh, all your students? Yes. You have 140 students? Wow. Um, I don't know why I was picturing a much more small-scale operation. So how many, um, you teach in the evening, you said. How yes. many evenings a week do you teach? I pretty much teach all seven days. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So um, you said your daughter um, was part of the reason you started on this. Um, how old is she now? She's nine years old. And does she still dance? Yes, she does. I wonder, what is that like teaching your own daughter? I mean, it is amazing. I mean, it's nice to see her show interest mm-hmm. and learn um, and pick up and do good. You know, it is a joy. Yeah, it must be yes. to have that in your own family, doing that together. Very true. Yeah. So tell me a little about um, what these classes are like, how long they last, and the sorts of things you do in the classes. Okay. Usually the classes are about an hour long, and we have them once a week. And we start just like anything else you do, uh, you know, like if you were to learn a language, English language, you start with learning the alphabets Mm -hmm. and then you put it together into small words and then you put it together into sentences. The same way we start basically with a few small exercises and stretches to get your body conditioned for dancing, because just like any other sport, this is also a form of an exercise Mm -hmm. because we pretty much use every part of our body while dancing. So you first have to make sure it's conditioned, you warm up and get it ready. And then first few months, the children learn what we call adavus or steps, basic steps, just Mm -hmm. like the alphabets. Mm -hmm. They need to know the basic rules of how your legs should be positioned, your hands, and there are a lot of hand gestures we use. So all these are basic things that are taught. We also teach small, um, we call them slokas, which is like a two-line song or a four-line song where we try to teach them how to enact. Like if, say, I want to say, come here, how am I going to show? tell them to say, come here through dance? And as 
um, she is talking. She's using <laughs> gestures with her hands that I wish I could describe because they're very graceful. The pinky's extended and you're like drawing towards yourself. So you must do that just kind of automatically yeah. as part of how you I, mean, I remember when I was young, I used to do it all the time while walking on the road. <laughs> and people used to make fun of me. But I guess it just comes naturally. But they need to know those how to, if a, a song has a line, they have to explain that line. They need to know what gestures to use. So we start off slow. And as we move on, once they finish learning all the basic adavas, they go into dances, um, the different types of dances. And um, this is something that it sounds like they could study for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's so how, how many years have you been running this school? Uh, I've been running the school for about six years now. So have you had students that have progressed from year one all the way up to the sixth year? Yes. That must be very satisfying. Yes. How many years <laughs> do you anticipate taking these students? Um, it, the journey is different for every child. Mm-hmm. There have been some kids who had already learned from a different teacher who moved from a different country or a state and came here. Mm-hmm. So they were already at a, you know, at a level where they could... Um, they had learned a few things. Mm-hmm. There is something called an arangetram. Arangetram means is um, climbing onto the stage. That kind of brings a closure to the dance, your journey of dance. Once you have learned, I, I wouldn't say years, only because some children could learn for five years and still need a lot more work to go. Mm-hmm. But some children can learn for five, six years and get it you know Mm -hmm. so it just basically depends on the child but approximately around six to eight years once they have learned dance we uh, let them perform on stage a solo performance or maybe with just a couple of them or three girls and we call it an arangetram which kind of gives you a closure a completion of your Bharatanatyam dance um, learning journey but that in no way means you're done learning everything It just means that you are at a level now where you have understood all the basics and you are able to uh, learn and pick up things at a faster rate. And you can also get to the next level of maybe even choreographing for an item. So uh-huh. that, that is what we call as a completion, and we call it a Bharatanatyam Arangetram. So once a student gets to that level... And I hadn't understood this until you just now said it. Um, she would be able to choreograph something herself. I, had, in my mind, somehow thought these were traditional movements that, you know, you learn to follow, but you actually create within this traditional framework your own yes. way of expressing. See, because everybody has their own creativity. You know, mm-hmm. we, as a teacher, we teach our way of doing it. But the most important is for the child to learn to expand on what is being taught. Of course, we follow the basic rules mm-hmm. of what has to be done, mm-hmm. but then bringing in your creativity adds to it. I mean, you do not have to finish an arangetram to be able to choreograph. You can do it even before that, but that kind of gives you, you would have learned pretty much uh, all the basics and you learn uh, all the dances mm-hmm. that is required. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of at a level where you understand better. Yeah, as you had your parallel um, way of explaining it, like learning letters, then learning words, then learning sentences, it's like you can kind of write your own story within a framework. So that's fascinating to me because, again, with daughters who took years of this other kind of dance, you are always following 
as something that was set down for you rather than creating your own, which I, I find that very exciting, especially in the context you said where it can have a religious um, function because it's if you're praying, it's your own way of relating to this God. I right. think that's just lovely. So um, you as a person, as a dancer, um, do you dance as well as teach? And just tell us a little about what dance means to you in your own life. Okay. Yes, I dance along with teaching. Mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully, with God's grace, I can still do that. <laughs> but we, I don't know how long we can dance, right? You know, our body can only go for for so long. I know I don't want to put all this. But uh, yes, I do dance along with uh, teaching. Um, I enjoy dance. Dance has been a passion. And a lot of times before going to teach the class, I would be, you know, tired um, I could be in pain, but once I start teaching or dancing, I kind of forget everything about it. I used to work as a software consultant for a long time before I started actually teaching dance. And I remember my husband says every morning I would get up and say, do I have to go to work today? I mean, can I take an off? Do I really have to go? But since the day I started teaching dance, he's like, I have never seen you so happy, um, so excited to do it. You know, I would not call this my career. You know, this is, I think, is a gift from God. Any art form that you learn, I think, is a gift. And uh, I am, I think I'm blessed and feel thankful that I am able to choose this as something that I can do every single day and pass on this art form to so many young children, you know, the upcoming generation. And your own daughter. Yes, and my own daughter. Does your husband dance too? No. no. But he does film your dances, you say. Yeah. He supports <laughs> me in all the other you know, yeah. areas. He helps me a lot in everything that we do. Yeah. yeah. Well, so do you have any particular goals or visions for the future um, for yourself as a dancer or for your school and the students that you're teaching? I think the biggest goal is to do justice to what I do and to do my best every single day. You know, the the biggest goal for our school is to keep the standards high all the time and get my children ready uh, uh, to a stage where that when they go out to college or when they move on in future, that they can be proud to say that they learned dance and they can use that in their life. We were just joking the other day that uh, maybe very soon, once these kids graduate, we'll have branches all over the U.S. <laughs> like all my you'll students, have little get, disciples yeah. setting up their own um, ways so, of going. So we were just joking about that. I said, you know, of course, they are all incredibly good at their studies and we don't know if this is what they're going to choose to do. But this is something they can always do along with what they do in their you know, in their full-time career. Yeah, well, what I'm sensing, too, and I'm hoping you can talk a little about this, is that this kind of dance, as you say, would continue for the rest of their life. It wouldn't be like a child that went to dance school and then it was over. But also, it seems like it's inextricably woven with the culture. I mean, this one festival that Elizabeth took pictures at, can you tell us about some of the other ways it it fits in with the rest of your students' lives? Are there other festivals like Diwali that they participate in? And can you just tell us a little about what some of them are? Okay. Um, India is filled with festivals. I'm not sure if you know. Every state celebrates something different. We start from the New Year. We have uh, something called a Shankranti or a Pongal festival where we thank uh, the farmers for the harvest. 
we go on to celebrate our new years in april um, our new years does not fall on the same calendar year as the us i mean the english calendar year so in april the tamil new year comes in the telugu new year comes in march different states have different new years so we perform for that and uh, the temple celebrates a lot of other events like um, there are days which are auspicious to a certain god mm-hmm. or a goddess on those days we perform there is a very important event in september october time frame called navaratri uh, where we celebrate a nine days in praise of the goddess like i said durga and we perform there so we get a chance to perform in various occasions and at the same time a lot of schools in and around uh, the capital district invite us to come and perform for their international day or the day where they celebrate different cultures so they get a chance to see what indian culture is all about and dance is a very easy way of depicting it uh, for them to understand to what we do so the children get a chance to perform in a lot of events throughout the year and they enjoy it and i, I enjoy it so they're like cultural ambassadors yes. and also maybe you could comment since you've stressed and i think it's important um you know that india is a multicultural society what is it like if you have students that come to you here in the united states from different parts of india um is is it something that's easy to meld together or do you try to keep distinct the different kinds of things you're teaching them and share and kind of cross pollinate or how does that work um it was a little challenging initially because coming from where i come from i come from the southern state of india called tamil nadu like i said and we speak one language called tamil so all the dances that my teacher taught me were in that language which made sense because that's the only thing we did but coming here i have children who are from like i said various parts of india so i cannot restrict myself to teaching them only dances from one language i had to explore i had to learn and i had to go out and understand because if i had to choose a song which was not in my language i first have to go research find its meaning understand it and then choreograph so that i can teach the children and every time i teach it is a little challenging because they don't understand the language either for them english is the only thing that comes easily <laughs> so we take time to go over what each line means and how they have to express it and how they have to dance it because understanding is very important for emoting um it's very important to internalize what you're going to dance so the dance you know uh, yeah. so it comes naturally so it is a little bit of an extra work uh with language with so many languages being involved but it's a fun challenge um i think by now i'm kind of used to it but how nice for them because then they get a sense of all different parts of india as you teach that and what i hadn't understood until what you just said is how closely the dance was tied to language because when you were talking about music i was thinking of you know tonal music as opposed to verbal music so these dances all come with a, a text or a yes. set of words that is like part of the interpretation yes. and the prayerfulness there are a lot of scholars and poets in india who wrote a variety of songs um each poet song was in a different language based on where they were born where they were brought up and they all had their own way of uh, the songs are mostly in praise of a god or a goddess and they talk about those god's qualities 
and ask in the end they just ask his blessings for them saying you know you you do so much for everybody bless me too or you are the one who protects the entire world you know please take care of me too kind of a thing so every song has not just just music of course music is there but there is always something called lyrics the sahityam we call it the lyrics so you have to dance to the lyrics so that is and those lyrics are in different languages based on who the poet who wrote it or who the scholar who wrote it so that's where the challenge comes in helping the children understand what those lyrics are and then having them dance to it and emote to it oh i just love that idea of words taking a physical form, you know, because so often we just think of words on the page instead of having them kind of come to life. Oh, my goodness, that's wonderful. I'm just so sorry our time has gone so fast. Is there anything that I didn't ask you or something that you want to just conclude with, some closing thoughts of what's important to you or... I guess I we pretty much shared a lot of things. Um I think one thing that I'm very thankful is that uh, in in a country here that our children, you know, from India still want to continue their art, <clears throat> their culture and want to pursue it. <clears throat> I think I have to thank the parents for that because you know it's very easy to forget where you come from once you come here but uh, every one of them want their children to continue and learn about their culture the the and we don't want to let it go because it's such a beautiful culture and oh, so the society rich. that we come from and it and enriches so the rest of us to learn about it yes. well thank you sajada for all you do thank, thank you. you so much for having me and i'm glad i got to share <laughs>